0: Hey, everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj. And joining me today is Parth Dhar. Parth, welcome on the show.
1: Thanks, Nitin. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I've seen uh, quite a few of your older episodes. Excited about this chat.
0: Glad to have you here. Let's start with who is Parth?
1: (laughs) Wow. that's a profound question, you know how in India they say, right, like, uh, you're asking such a deep question. (laughs) Um, But obviously, this is something that evolves and a person Mm -hmm. kind of unravels over time. I've thought about this, and I've looked at a certain aspect that has started applying to me quite a bit. And I think it's generally true for a lot of entrepreneurs. I've sort of uh, started seeing that I am becoming a rational optimist. Mm -hmm. So that's a complex word, but it stems from, I think one, obviously my educational background. So I've been an engineer, Um, logical thinking is obviously uh, Mm -hmm. imperative when it comes to building businesses or in general in life. Uh, But at the extreme end of it, when a person starts becoming too rational. uh, people often obviously misinterpret and like at the extreme end it starts becoming uh, negative. It mm-hmm. starts becoming, uh, you know, too uh, too pessimistic mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, right? Uh, and that's where the optimism kicks in. So you necessarily as an entrepreneur need, need to be an optimist, right? Um, find that one reason for why it will work instead of the thousands of why it won't, right? and um, the extreme end of that is when you become just extremely passionate and emotional about everything and not think it through and that's how the rationalism and that's when actually the rationalism uh, has to kick in and this sort of yin and yang is mm-hmm. um, what i have been trying to strike a balance about and as i said it's it's not just me i think a lot of entrepreneurs actually go through that so that's an interesting thing that i recently learned about myself
0: that's beautiful. I, I love the way you put it, you know, the yin and yang is the, that's exactly yeah. what was going through, as I was trying to visualize that conflict that is so internal, right, but we all share it. So, is,
1: is, and, it, it, and no entrepreneur can deny that, right? You're going yeah. through 10,000 emotions in a day, in over a period of time, and you need to constantly balance this. So, yeah.
0: True. So, but now that we know a little about you, let's play a game. I'm going okay. to talk about certain themes that impact us as a community and uh, would love your one-word response whether these are underrated or overrated.
1: Okay. No justification. Just no one
0: word. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's All do right. this. Sure. Let's start with uh, stock market prices. Underrated. Startup valuations. Overrated. DEI. Underrated. Metaverse.
1: Oh, underrated for sure.
0: <laughs> the Great Resignation. Overrated. Okay. What about cash? Overrated. Okay. Uh, stakeholder capitalism. Underrated. Okay. Uh, real estate prices.
1: I'd say overrated.
0: Okay. Uh, Inflation? Underrated. Okay. What about crypto? Underrated. NFT?
1: I'd say overrated for now.
0: (laughs) Well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for playing along with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of these things, when you put yourself on a spot, you realize what your intuitive emotion or reaction is
0: uh, to (laughs) them. Yeah. That, I mean, you, you got it right. That's the thing that we get impacted by these things, but when yeah. someone just kind of posits these to you, yeah. you yourself realize where your bias is good or bad, right? That's just what you've been thinking about it, but not feeling it as much. True, true. <laughs> All right, let's get back to something more personal, more exciting. Tell us about right. D street games.
1: Oh, wow. All right. So D Street Games is actually a part of what we're building. So one Mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle, one vertical of the entire super app that we're building. Um, We like to think of it in probably just one line is a digital playground for stock enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. So if you remember going back, um, you know, to a playground for the first time and learning a sport, right? um you learn something via doing two three things right learning through trying and error actually playing the game and then understanding more about it um learning through uh, the conventional wisdom of say a coach right someone who's actually just giving to you in in, in theory and third learning from your peers yeah. you know what are you doing mm-hmm. how does a certain guy play a you know, a guy or girl play a game, right? And that's what we're trying to recreate with, uh, you know, D Street games. Uh, the trial and error, the practical part of it is D Street games, mm-hmm. which are essentially games for the stock markets. So these are paper trading games, as we've, you know, yeah. discussed numerous times, where users without having to put money in the stock markets and buying and selling shares actually just create virtual portfolios and see how, how they perform. And they do this by challenging other people uh, to do this as well and make it competitive and not boring in the entire nice. process, right? What we're now, and that's the games part of it, D Street games. Mm-hmm. What we're now coming up with is um, a content vertical, which is uh, where the coach theory comes in mm-hmm. and a community vertical, which is where the social learning and investing portion of it comes in, right? Nice. Um, what are other people doing? What are the people investing in? How can I get in um, and, and, you know, kind of emulate them? We've done one of them, and that's our thesis around a practical learning platform rather than just you know having to watch YouTube videos and right. gather information from the internet. So that's what D Street Games is all about. Um, we're rebranding to, as I said, uh, creating a super app out mm-hmm. of that. Um, it'll be out in probably a couple of more weeks, and uh, yeah. we'll definitely let everyone know.
0: That's awesome. I love the. I love the concept. I love this whole experiential learning uh, aspect to it. And then also having the community where you have a little bit of competitive spirit, but also a group that learns with you, along you. Yeah. Super exciting. So, you know, makes me want to think why do this and why now?
1: All right. So we've launched it in India and India's going through this Uh, this huge change um, when it comes to some of the macros. Mm -hmm. Um, Not a lot of people in India invest, first of all, I think, for Mm -hmm. the viewers who are listening in. About 4% of the entire population invests in the market, right? Um, A little more than that, uh, significantly more than that has money to invest in, but still doesn't because of various reasons, uh, starting from apprehension of losing it early Mm -hmm. on, right? um India is not a particularly rich country. Uh, two, obviously, not having um, content uh, in in the form that they are looking for, and third, not having enough research ideas or not having the time to research ideas. Uh, right? right? Um, and uh, the good part is that a lot of people in India are connected now through mobile internet. Uh, we have, I think, close to more than 500 million users on mobile mm-hmm. internet. And they do either of these two, three things uh, very well and 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 in abundance. Uh, the content consume a lot. They right. talk to each other a lot, mm-hmm. and they play games. <laughs> and that actually gets captured in all three portions of what we are you know trying to achieve. Uh, we thought that you know if there's this apprehension of trying it out, we might as well capture it in a way uh, in which they are anyway meaningfully engaging. Mm-hmm. in other apps or in other forms and trying to get finance into their daily habits via these three routes. Um, so that definitely comes from the fact that uh, one, there are underlying changes like these macros changing. Two, a lot of people have uh, gained interest in the stock markets, especially after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, it saw a huge spike in the number of DMAT accounts and plus just general queries and Um, what's a tertiary uh, number that I see is the rise of the number of influencers uh, that have come up talking about personal finance and stock market investing so much Um, India's time has come as far as this market is concerned and we want to be there um, affecting people's life uh, in being able to do so
0: I love those macro factors, right? Those are all kind yeah. of showing those uh, trends where you said internet and smartphone penetration, just the sheer interest, but also, yeah, the the COVID pandemic shifted people's mindset towards what can I do to secure my personal financial stability? And the stock market yeah. has a you know big role to play in that as we've seen in the global markets. So, you know, as you, as you kind of conceptualize this and uh, work on other pieces of this super app, what is the size and scale of your operations now? And and what are you projecting over the next six to 12 months?
1: Also, we generally don't talk about numbers, uh, you know, across uh, public platforms, Mm -hmm. but we've, and personally, obviously, I've spoken to you uh, about this a lot where we've been growing almost 80%, 90% month on month since the launch um, seven to eight months back. Um, we have way north of 100,000 users on the platform actively uh, using uh, you know, the app and, or, and the game. Uh, we obviously have collaborated with other partners through which our reach is much more than the number of users just on the platform. But what I, what I really like about what we've been doing and that has come as a feedback is the general impact that it has had, right? So the kind of communities and the kind of, uh, you know, TG to be specific uh, Mm -hmm. that we've reached out, we've seen a diverse group on the platform. Uh, People who actually are traders in real life already Mm -hmm. using the platform as, you know, kind of your rough notebook in which you're placing your virtual trades. And that's just amazing. So where the cognitive level of, you know, being able to understand is just extremely high mm-hmm. to uh, someone that I had interviewed uh, just a few months back who had lost uh, a small amount of money early on, and then just given up on, on investing and trading. And then, you know, said that, you know, I'm trying out my trades now and, and uh, this seems to be a good way to do it. Uh, that was definitely something that, uh, you know, you uh, mm-hmm. know gets us going in general every day and then the third where there was this girl from um, a tier two three town Mm -hmm. where uh, you know you would have never thought that someone like that would have an interest or you know uh, at least take any action with regards to investing uh, in india especially and she said that i play every day and we saw that as well she was playing every day but had absolutely no clue about this, right? And she said that you know I'd then go back, look at all of the definitions, what each and everything means, and then get better at it. We saw her actually winning games, awesome. games like against thousand, two thousand, three thousand people. Wow! And that's where we realized, I think, early on. Obviously, numbers um, are, are are rising. They're small. Um, we're reaching a certain scale but these early indicators of impact is something that that truly uh, you know drives the team drives us in general uh, and we hope that we can just replicate this at scale as well so.
0: i love those those use cases and those examples those stories are amazing right one you are hitting a cross section of users right from you know the first one you mentioned is is truly amazing to me that an experienced trader is coming into the platform just to even track their trades. And uh, yeah, this person from a tier three city having access, having exposure, and then kind of going back and figuring out that's, you know, for someone like me, show me why I should do this. And then I'll go learn yeah. the theory behind it, right? So that's yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. So as you look at, you know, scaling, growing, partnering, and going into these smaller cities where, you know, stock markets and and D Street is just kind of a thing they've never even heard of. What kind of challenges are, or I would say, what's the biggest challenge you're facing?
1: Right. So I think the biggest challenge that um, is we, we do generally face, and I've kind of realize that it is common across certain platform startups Mm -hmm. where you have two to three products or services centered around, say, for example, a consumer, Mm -hmm. is um, I think the challenge of being misunderstood. um, Wherein, say, for example, we can very easily be thought of as just a gaming app for Mm -hmm. the stock market, which we are not. Um, As an entrepreneur, obviously, it's in your head. You're playing Mm -hmm. it out. Um, you're telling yourself, "No, why don't you wait? It's going to happen. One more month, two more months, right. three more months." But um, generally, I think convincing people around or having or changing that perception uh, perception actually takes time. And um, I think we've realized that we're not alone. It it could have been Jeff Bezos when yeah. people told that you're running an online bookstore. Mm-hmm. It it could have been Flipkart over here. It could have yeah. been, so for example, Zomato over here, just being a restaurant mm-hmm. uh, menu scan right. Um, but all of these businesses and, and all of these startups and entrepreneurs have faced that and overcome that. So I think that's the biggest challenge right now, because uh, the other two verticals that, as I clearly said about are not there. Um, they're going to get launched in a couple of months and uh, Till now, I think that's been the biggest challenge. Um, I think scaling, etc., is something that we are fairly comfortable with. Uh, product, something that we are fairly comfortable with, uh, but this definitely does stand out.
0: I think, and from where I see it, it's a great challenge to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it, it keeps you focused, if nothing else.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> On the flip side of the challenge, you know, what's the most exciting opportunity you're targeting?
1: Oh, that has to be that number. Uh, yeah. There has to be going after the 96% for whom whatever you create um, in terms of being able to buy or sell stocks is not going to work. Right. That 96%, that 95%, whatever that number is right now, mm-hmm. has definite challenges in just being able to do that activity, not knowing how to do that activity, right? True. Um, and getting them meaningfully engaged. Again, I say meaningfully engaged in a manner um, is very difficult. Therein lies the biggest opportunity for anyone who's building in this space. And I think that's what I'm most stoked about because most of investment tech startups and initiatives have been focusing on that small set of Mm -hmm. customers that already know how to invest and how to make investing better for them. (laughs) <laughs> like create more features um you know advanced algorithms to be deployed and monitored right um but this is a completely different game this is unlocking a new audience for the entire yeah. industry and that's what drives me personally and everyone on the team thank
0: you yeah. I agree I mean it's a huge opportunity and like you said you know the the others are going for those Weeks and incremental value and UI and yeah. new exchanges, which is which is good to have. They're already on the platform showing them some value and kind of, but you're you're just kind of moving the existing market share around, whereas you're just getting a whole net new influx into the market, and you'll be the first touch point for them. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Pat, as you look back in the rear view mirror, is there, you know, whether it's Your journey with d street or or even before that is there a lesson learned that became you know something that essentially didn't work out the way you had expected uh, but ended up becoming a lesson is there is there one or maybe two examples you would like to share
1: oh yeah (laughs) definitely yes Um, i've been an entrepreneur before Um, unfortunately that that company didn't scale to the size of becoming a, a venture venture Mm-hmm. Um, something that would rapidly scale. Uh, it was uh, a business at that point in time, um, operationally profitable as well, but mm-hmm. not to the extent as as all tech entrepreneurs wish it to be. Right. Yeah. Uh. Just uh, hardest lesson that I took from there was the fact that, um, and it has made me realize human beings are not meant to do multiple things <laughs> or multitask, and then do each of these tasks to perfection. As a startup and as an early stage entrepreneur, you have very limited bandwidth and 10,000 things going wrong (laughs) in one direction, right? If you take up two to three directions at one time, it's almost impossible to do justice to all three. (laughs) And it's not just the resources, not just the execution team that you have around you. But your own mental bandwidth True. is something which is very real. Um, and you need to crack that. And then there's this famous example, right? What people say that just be something for someone first. Yes. Before actually going on to be everything, everything for someone. For yeah. Or like, I mean, everything for everyone is something that everyone's it's striving what? to be. <laughs> even, even in the middle, something for some, you know, everyone. Uh, even Everything for someone, yeah, is 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 absolutely impossible to achieve early on. So find that one use case, and that's where you must have realized that there are three things to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the B street Street uh, family. We've started with just one, which is games. Yes, scaled it to about 200,000 plus users now uh, to a scale which is decent enough um, to to get early markers, early indicators of product market fit and then go in with
0: the other two verticals. That's a great lesson and thanks for sharing. I mean, thanks for being candid and transparent. It, it's not always easy to open up and uh, talk about things that did not work out or didn't scale yeah. to your expectations. So uh, thank you, I really appreciate it. Let's move to my favorite part of the show, which is one-line life lessons, where you share five of these one-line life lessons with us, and uh, you know, these are not quotes. As you know, these are just lessons that have come to define you over time. And uh, would love to hear what you have to share.
1: Five, five, five are obviously. I mean, as 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 an individual, everyone has, I think, quite a bunch of them. I do have a few close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it being the entrepreneurial journey or whether it being, you know, my funda of how I live life, um, I think the first one I think I can do a couple or three. Um, the first one that uh, is something that that came as a realization in the entrepreneurial journey about all of us when you know I saw the teams slogging every day, mm-hmm. with regards to uh, a product release or you know an app change or something like that. Um, And I had shared this with the group as as a realization as well as, you know, the team and and as well as investors in general is that as entrepreneurs or as an entrepreneurial team, we die every day (laughs) to create something that lives on forever. I love that. Like you're putting your heart and soul and, and, and nights that you might have just gone out or, you know, been with family and you know inside, you're just dying, um, each day, each, each week to create this piece of something that lives beyond that's much, much bigger than you Mm -hmm. probably will live beyond your lifespan as well. And most entrepreneurs have done that. Um, and this, this, this beautiful, um, ironical statement is, it's just, it just captures our reality. Right. I love uh, it. yeah. So that was definitely one, you know, from the entrepreneurial journey. Second as well, I think from the entrepreneurial journey, um, something that I read in, um, it was Ben Horowitz, a 16 Z I think mm-hmm. he had come up with an article, um, in general as an observation for his companies, and I realized how true it is, and most entrepreneurs will. It just said, nobody cares. Yes. Um, Right? On the title, right? Mm -hmm. And I keep reminding this to myself when things are going wrong, because that's exactly what he described. Um, Every entrepreneur would have just, you know, related so much to that article, that when things are going wrong, and most of the times they are,
0: in some way. Yes.
1: In in some way or the other, the magnitude mm-hmm. differs. That's all. That, there's no way that nothing is going wrong. It it always is, but the magnitude differs. Yeah. Um, as an entrepreneur, you're obviously a stakeholder. I mean, your stakeholders are three-way, obviously your own team, right. um, your investors and your customers. Mm-hmm. And if something's going wrong in your life or with the company, they will not care. Um, I've realized this not to be true of one of these stakeholders, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the team, where I have now started realizing that they're becoming more and more empathetic in the startup journey themselves, Mm -hmm. because of how startups have matured, how they've seen startup stories evolve, how they've seen entrepreneurs, Um, especially for my team. um, I can definitely say that. But general rule of thumb, no one's going to care so you better not waste time in explaining and saying why you're right i mean i mean why you're helpless true but rather find out a solution to it uh, and just get going so that's again something which is just so uh, it's a hard reality for an entrepreneur for sure I,
0: I do want to um, acknowledge your team you know you mentioned that the team is kind of coming around and and becoming a true team it's It's not easy. It's not easy for, I mean, if you think about it, uh, it's just a job for them. And you're the entrepreneur who's kind of out there uh, trying to realize this dream. But when you have that kind of team that understands and is on the same page and is on uh, the same ship as you are, Mm -hmm. it's so awesome.
1: Is is and I think we've we've evolved as startups mm-hmm. in the startup ecosystem as well all over the globe where you know entrepreneurs uh, do make them uh, when when it comes to the early team uh, yeah. you know part of the journey as far as uh, you know having a stake in the company right. ESOPs, etc. etc. are concerned and that really does make them feel part of the journey rather it than just saying yes. um, because then you know our outcomes are aligned with theirs at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And, um, I think that's where, I think that, that is something that I don't take at face value, but in general, if it is just someone who's, who has an employee kind of a relationship mm-hmm. with you, then that person will definitely not care. Yes. Yeah. So that, that definitely was one. And I think one in general, so I'll do one in general, which I generally, uh, I generally, you know, kind of believe in, it's not very logical, but then again, um, I believe that you choose to be you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that not, might not be like factually correct, because you are obviously an outcome of 10,000 things changing around you, your parents, your, your childhood, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But whenever I feel that something's not great in life, like this is not how it should be. I always try to say to myself that uh, this is under your control Mm -hmm. and try to figure out a way to change this rather than, you know, blaming others for the fact that I was not able to do this. I was not able to do that. I've I've seen people like that Mm -hmm. and I definitely don't want to be one of them. Um, I also don't want to be just a bystander Mm -hmm. where I see the things pass. Um, And I know this is not, you know factually or logically or correct on a first principle basis of being a rational person but this is something that i keep telling myself uh, to change the status quo if mm-hmm. if something's not right do something about it it's right. it's it's under your hand make an effort and that just drives again every day uh, whether it is you know the company whether it is personal challenges or ambitions or goal. Sticks
0: with me. Yeah, it's it's a full circle, right? Like you said, it's the, yeah. the yin and yang. You gotta yeah. keep making those choices and, and those decisions and keep defining a new you uh, pretty yeah. much every single day. Yeah. But this was awesome. Thanks for sharing these life lessons. Oh. And for our audience, you know, we have uh, an entire collection on onelinelifelessons.com. You can get them on linkedin or on instagram or wherever you socialize on the internet Par, thank you so much for making the time to be with us really happy for this journey that you're on and would love to have you back on talk about more of these successes phase two and phase three and uh, see how things are going
1: absolutely i love this i didn't even realize that um, this is over Uh, Fantastic. Always a pleasure talking to you Nathan.
0: Likewise, but thank you so much. Thank you.